Hello and welcome to Hope Talk with Rosa. Today's guest is the, I'm going to say marvellous, because she is marvellous, Nicole Hurd. And Nicole Hurd is a mother, she's a wife, and she is also a businesswoman extraordinaire. And let's just say that your business is called Biz Bestie at Courageous You, and plus another really precious branch of that I'm going to give that honour to Nicole to share with you all. Welcome, Nicole. <laughs> Thanks, Rosa. And that was an awesome introduction. Thank you so much. So, um, yes, I'm a mum of three amazing children, two um, amazing children that are now, uh, that are 20 and uh, 18 going on 19. So they're both you know, halfway through their birth years this year. And my beautiful son, Paddy, who passed away mm -hmm. in 2013. Um, and what you were alluding to was our, fa our family's foundation, which is called Paddy's Courage, which I guess we'll get into more of our story. But um, talking about organ donation is really important to our family because we lived at the Royal Children's Hospital for so long and saw, unfortunately, lots of children we got um, quite attached to and our, our families became great friends lose their lives. Um, some we saw that their um, organ transplants were really successful and then others we saw waited so long that when they did get them other organs started to deteriorate so um, died. So you know um, so Paddy's courage is really important to us because when Paddy died as a family um, my children who were then 11 and 12 and my husband and self myself decided that we would donate Paddy's organs, so hence called Paddy's Courage. So also to let others know, apart from all the extraordinary things that Nicole does in the community, what really grabbed me and attracted me per se to be able to share with you all is this part of Paddy's Courage because it's a part of our lives that some don't feel comfortable in discussing and it's also an unfortunate part of reality, I like to call it, because without us even knowing it, we gain a sense of experience in a part of our lives that we don't really crown ourselves in. Does that make sense? Like it's that perception of, yes, I've experienced something that's so great, but how do I address it? But um, Nicole, I'm going to leave that up to you as to where you'd like to start in this part of it because um, you've introduced it, but I feel it's really important that others know why and how this came about. Okay, uh, so we go back to 2011 and I think why we had a polarizing traumatic two years of our lives. And then obviously after that, we had years of healing. But in 2011, my, or my family's story starts that my husband had a heart attack in the March. And similarly to 2020, where things are happening that we forget or we don't, are not actually, you know, looking at because, and not because they're important, but so much is happening that 2011 was also that year for us. So my husband had a heart attack. And the same uh, week, my uncle actually died. And actually, you don't often say that. Um, and my husband had a heart attack and his family has, has genetic heart issues. So we were kind of aware that this could happen. So he went to the doctors because he knew what he should do. And so he was rushed in and got three stints. And we were very grateful because we thought, you know, hey, how lucky are we? You know, he, he got three stints. He didn't have heart damage. We were on to it. The following day, our beautiful niece um, came to visit and she came and told her or told me about our beautiful nephew, Tommy, who was then nine months old, was diagnosed with Tay-Sachs. And the reason she did come to tell us at that stage was because we wanted to check with the doctors, you know, how much stress my could cope with and all of that sort of stuff. And Tay-Sachs means that he wasn't going to live for long. Like right. We knew that his life wasn't going to be extended, and that he would lose control of his head. He, okay. would, you know, he would go blind, he would go deaf. And it was going to be a really, you know, deteriorating time and it was going to be fast. 
Um, oh, so nice. our, so that rocked our world because you know we felt lucky, and then we thought, hey, nothing else could go wrong. Like so, we as a family we um, started fundraising. There was experimental treatment mm -hmm. in um, another country with stem cells, as Australia doesn't or didn't do it at that stage. So we raised money for that. But we also knew that the quality of time was really important. So we wanted to, the family to have the money to invest in themselves, to create memories and all of that sort of stuff. That's a beautiful so, gesture. Yeah. Well, look, look, that is what our family yes. is like. That we do um, pull together. We're very lucky. And our beautiful niece is a big part of our life. Yeah. And um, so are her children. Um, so... Again, we're like, okay, so going along, we're raising money thinking, you know what, we're making a really good thing out of a shitty um, thing. So then comes the October and yeah. I was travelling or travelling home from my cousin's son's christening and we were in a massive car accident where my three children were helicoptered off the road. So the three helicopters were in a row. Um, I was ambulanced to the closest airport and then fixed winged to Melbourne and then taken to the Royal Children's. My husband received a phone call where our place of business was to say, you have to come to Melbourne, but you, you, um, we don't know who's going to be alive when you get oh, here. Oh, gosh. So be prepared when you get here. So that's, you know, so that's a pretty big thing. Um, we, my daughter was in 18 hours of surgery. Her intestines were taken out, her stomach, you know, everything, her lungs were perforated. So she came out and she was okay. My son, Paddy, um, he had a bit of his skull removed so the swelling in his brain could go down. And my son, Billy, sat there watching all of this, all of us get cut out. So he had all of his orthopedic surgery. Um, I have a smashed left arm, which is all metal now, and I have an ABI, which is an acquired brain injury. Um, when you watch me speak, I'll jumble my words. We just spoke about my focus and all of that sort of stuff. But you know what? Again, we thought we were amazingly lucky because we all survived. We got to a place three months later of rehabilitation where we were able to go home. We had to come back and all of that. But we we were grateful for that experience. And I know people, yeah. the people we met at Royal, the Royal Children's Hospital and the people we lived with at Ronald McDonald House. It was just a gift uh, to all of us. The fact that my, the, what my children saw, they never take anything for granted. Um, they never have ever since. And hence where we really thought the importance of organ donation and learning about it because we wouldn't have known it beforehand. Um, so we, went, we came home 12 months. During that 12 months, Tommy passed away. Um, which was just heartbreaking and you know our business obviously at that stage wasn't increasing and we were just paying other people to run our business and paying off it so we decided that we were really lucky and we needed to appreciate life so and Tommy's we, your nephew just to keep everyone Tommy's on nephew. yeah to keep everyone on yeah, track Tommy's, Tommy's our, nephew. our great nephew yep and he was just um, over two when he passed away so and he had a you know he would he was, it was just a beautiful little boy so after that we kind of went we weren't you know we were better and well but you know we needed to rehabilitate murray was trying to look after be a carer for all four of us and run our business you know which was 40 um cottages on the murray river so you know we weren't making money and you know we were just so we decided to sell it and being lucky and grateful for what we did, we decided to start going around Australia. So we got to Byron Bay and had, you know, this day was amazing. And if you go to Paddy's Courage Facebook page, you will see a beautiful picture of him where the three kids were learning to surf. And um, it was just a perfect day. We took him out for tea you know, and all of that. And the next day 
that night um, or next day, he didn't feel well and he's cold. So we were like, okay, we'll just have a quiet day. That night he fell asleep in my arms and never to wake. We were um, taken from Byron Bay to Tweed Heads and Tweed Heads to Queensland, to the Mater Hospital and another special hospital place to us where they had to make the awful, you know, thing that Paddy wasn't going to wake up. And, of course, we still had hope that he did. So we rang all our family and about 25 of our family flew up from Victoria to be with us. We sat down with the beautiful doctor and said, look, and with the two children, Murray and myself, sat down and said, this is what we believe in. Um, is it possible? Because it's what we, you know, Paddy would have wanted. We would want, we would like to um, donate Paddy's organs, you know, pay it forward. Because, and the reason that we can say this is because if we could have asked anyone to donate an organ to save our son, we would have done it. And I don't know what would have stopped us from asking, but we couldn't and it wasn't possible. So we spoke to them and they said, yes, some of our family weren't, you know, as, you know, up for... Um, Welcome to the thought of it, yeah. It's, it's yeah. fear. There's a lot of fear. Um, so the amazing doctors at the MADA, they took that on and said, you know, they went and spoke to all 25 people and said, this is Murray and Cole Haley and Billy's decision. This is what's going to be done. So we sat there and went through it. Um, we were so supported by the nurses and doctors at Marta We um, consider our donate life nurse and consultant part of our family. She is amazing. And then we went through that procedure, which was, it was very special because we all got to say goodbye. We all wrote a letter to anyone who received um, any of Patty's gifts. Um, we then flew home. To Australia, uh, back to Victoria mm -hmm. to be with our family and to recover, um, and just to spend each, you know, spend more time with the two kids to make sure that they felt special because we made a decision <sighs> in the hospital that Paddy's memory or Paddy's death would never be used as an excuse yep. in our family. Um, that we couldn't achieve something because he couldn't be here, but we were, and we weren't going to dishonor his memory that way. So six months later, we thought, okay, it's time. We need to um, start travelling again. So we had a practice run and we went to a place uh, down in Victoria and we went out with friends on a ski boat. My husband was driving and I was observing. Between the two of us, we had our licences for nearly 30 years. So we're quite experienced. So we're watching our oldest... So Billy, our other son, on the back of the boat and a jet ski came down the right side of me and jumped and was doing tricks and hit Billy in the neck here. So stopped the boat. We found Billy upside down. In that, and that I'm just like, I can't. We can't Oh, gosh, it. Nicole. I mean, and I've heard this story before. It still cuts me every time I, I hear it. So we were like, we can't lose another son, My poor Hayley. So she'd sat there and we'd gone through everything with Patty six months early and she sat there watching her um, other younger brother upside down. So we jumped in the water and had to move him. You know, everyone says don't. Well, we're like, our son was upside down in the water. We're not going to move him. We asked the jet ski driver to rush back and call an ambulance and he wouldn't. We didn't understand that, so we flagged down a boat and told, and they saw it happen. They rushed off and called Micah. We lifted Billy back in the boat and got to the um, other side of the water and the Micah ambulance came. And so we got rushed to the Warrnambool Hospital who were amazing, but they put Billy in um, all of the casts and stuff to make, because they thought he could be paralysed. So he was so, so hardly tight that we didn't know whether he was paralysed or not. And he was so traumatised because he was the one who sat and watched us all get cut out of the car. He sat and watched everyone get their injuries done and he got his done last. And um, 
the room model, and they're like, we have to rush you down to the Royal Children's Hospital. We're calling the helicopter. Well, he panicked. We all have yeah. PTSD, but if you know with PTSD, yes. there's stuff that sets up. His is one of them is a helicopter. So we had to wait for the fixed wing to come and get it because it was too dangerous and he was trying to move because of the um, helicopter. So we got, went back down and got all the MRIs and everything, and he wasn't paralysed. He just broke his um, collarbone and his right arm. So in under 18 months, this kid has broken 90% of the bones in his yes. body. Um, so again... <laughs> We were grateful and like, okay, yeah. you know, this is okay. We can do this. And spent another few days in hospital and got plaster and all that. And we're driving home to my mum's. And my husband turned around to me and he goes, you couldn't write this story if you tried it. There's no script to it. Two minutes later, he pulled over the car because his eye went blank. Because of his heart history, yeah. we're like, okay, we better go. He had a stroke. So from that day on, <laughs> and I'm, this is a story, so I'm not putting all the emotion yep. and everything into it because there was a lot. But from that day on, we never asked ever and never will again what else can yep. go wrong. Because if you ask the universe a question, it will deliver. It will. It, it will deliver. That's extraordinary, Nicole. It's like I said, no one, you can't even comprehend it. Like, how do you put it all in? authorizing to tell. And um, you <sighs> saw me give a workshop not long ago, and I have only come to terms to be able to explain it because mm. people are really scared of our story. You know, they don't want to hear it, and because it is traumatizing to hear. So it's um, only come. Now, after you know, seven years after, six years after that, we're able to tell it all because, as I said, there was stuff that happened in that time. Our, um, Murray's grandfather died, you know, yeah. and all of that sort of, and there was stuff like my uncle dying that is important, but so much was happening. You know, we lost mm. friends because of it. There's friends that don't, you know, that it was just too much, too much, yeah. There's um. I've got family members, very close family members that were there immediately but couldn't keep, you know, keep coming back and supporting us because they just didn't, couldn't. Yeah. Um, but the thing I would like to share with you was that one week later we started our media campaign for our 100-kilometre walk along the Great Ocean Road, mm -hmm. which did raise awareness for Paddy's courage, and that was five weeks after. So my son in his, um, all his plasters, my husband with his stroke, uh, all of us with our neurological things, our orthopaedic problems and all of that, we walked 100 kilometres in five days after that. That's family. It's a family affair, just, just there, and... I can't even speak to you because it's everyone has their own experiences and their own stories. And this is why I say there's no right or wrong when, when we share our stories. Mm -hmm. And I do believe strongly that there's someone out there who will be watching and or even listening in the podcast that will be able to be able to relate to a part or portion of what you've just shared. And for those that are out there, this has got nothing to do with courage, what Nicole is doing. It's got to do with the courage to be able to tell her story. That's how I perceive it, the courage to be able to tell your story. And, yeah. got, and no matter, it's hard. It's, I, I can see how hard it, it is. Yeah, it's hard because of what you said, that everybody has their own story. Um, you would have seen the other day on my business page mm -hmm. that I have put in don't um, use wine because through all of this experience yes. and then we actually um, didn't drink. My husband and I, I will drink now. I'm not against alcohol. But when you go through trauma and all of that, because people say, how did you go through? Well, A, love. Yes. <laughs> you know, we... Um, got closer, we loved each other a whole lot more. 
we gave each other space and um if you've you know you know what when you're grieving a child it's very hard to have a relationship because your own emotions are so immense that trying to help someone else which we try to is just so hard so we my husband and i were really lucky murray and i that we could give each other the space we needed to feel without judging each other you know and that wasn't perfect all the time but you know it did happen but i do believe um rosa that we all you know everyone will be looking at me going wow but you know what it doesn't matter what you go through you have that inner strength in you exactly you have to believe in yourself you have to believe in yourself Yep. You know, um, because your value is so much more important and your self-worth is immense. And it's amazing what we as humans can do, even yes. when we shouldn't have to. But I believe in everybody listening to this podcast. I believe in, you know, I actually believe in the strength of everybody talking. I don't believe it's fair that we should no. have people are chosen, but I do believe that, you can take the inner strength of what we've been through and what we're talking about today and take it into your life. That's that's the belief that I have. And this is why, you know, I, I, I actually am happy that you did accept my invitation to be able to share this with those who are watching and listening and it is. It's about telling your story and it is that inner strength and the ability to be able to interpret it in words. And now we need to remember not everyone can do that. Yep. Not you everyone can. No. You don't have no. to do it in words. And, um, you know, I'm able to. Um, I've, you know, I've also got the confidence to do that. Um, because of the car accident, we were also... Um, aligned with the Royal Children's Hospital and had great PR people yeah. and did all of that. So before the losing Patty, which is the greatest thing that's ever happened, we already got started this kind of thing and it was for Ronald McDonald House and awareness of um, the Royal Children's Hospital. So we'd actually gone down this and had probably a little bit more training than what some others were. So the articulation of it, kind of come at, came a little bit more natural to us yeah. and the same lot with my children like um my daughter is now 20 but she started talking about organ donation mm. when she was 14 in yeah. the school assemblies and yeah. you find that this experience accelerated their their growth maturity as well unfortunately well, like outlook in life Oh, they're still, they are very grateful. Yeah. Um, we get told that we're too positive sometimes. You know, how can we be too positive or whatever? And that goes back to that promise we made, yeah. Patty, that we won't, we will not disrespect his memory by not living a life and, you know, living our lives and respecting him. Um, we're sad, don't get me wrong. Oh, yes. Um, the grief can be overcoming. And there's days where we can't get out of bed and there's days that, you know, that we'll be at the supermarket and see a boy the age that Patty was and you'll just have tears, you know. Um, I can't, I don't enjoy going to the supermarket. I actually, A, because of my ABI, because of the yep. fluorescent lights, but the memories of Patty at the supermarket are so overwhelming that it's something that I stay away yep. from. Um you know, so it's as we're saying that I can articulate and strong and strong here. There's stuff that I'm not so strong about. You know that that would look that you know the person who can't speak like we are, they can that's actually right. do stuff that I can't. That's that's what I believe as well. I guess that gives me hope as well because everyone can balance each other out. But I'm going to say what you can do and what I can do someone else probably won't be able to express it or do in that way, but yet they can do what, they can get through life differently, through a different perspective perhaps. But it is, it is yeah. a unique a new, unique journey and it is a journey because it's, it's, it's not fair, it's horrible, it's devastating and there's definitely no 
sugar coating in it. But then there's that positive, like you said, to be able to, to live through it and honour Patty's When memory. you say um, it's not fair, the, what, the thing that I came up mm. with for my healing was I can't say, I don't say it's not fair yeah. because if not me, who was it going to be? This is what I'm saying, but people would say I it's could, not fair as well. People use that yeah. a lot. It may not be fair. And, and the, I started healing the day I stopped saying that why me and this isn't fair because or why because it shouldn't be anybody nobody that's what i say um, too they're really strong in that that no one should go through it nobody should go through it not fair no it's not fair but um, you know a whole lot of stuff like faith and all of that Mm. has certainly been challenged and probably um deleted from our lives um my husband finds it very hard to go into any faith dwelling he is better now but you know um, he finds it really hard and for me saying i don't use it's not and this is the thing rosa that's really important then one hears my story is and my reality is mine and when i say it's not fair that if somebody else wants to say that that's okay because that's their thing and they're coping the best way they can and people are scared rosa to talk about death there's as i said we've lost friends and family because yeah they don't want to do you know how many people unfriended me on facebook when patty died because i would share stuff good night baby boy and a photo of and all of that and people found it too sad i actually understand that because that's when you can either yeah people break everyone's got a breaking point and some people break during the moments that you feel as though that's when i need you most yeah. But once again, is that fair? Who knows? It's fair for them. It works for them. And and this is why I say to people, we can't judge what people do. It's their, it's their choices how they choose to relate to what death that we experience, the death that we've experienced, the grieving process that we're experiencing because there's so many questions that can be asked and the topic is never ending. Really, and that's the other thing. We then have the choice of who we bring into our journey. Yes. Like, there's some people that um, were part of our lives who weren't afterwards. Yep. I'm grateful for where they were, but I'm, you know, um, after it settles down, people start coming back mm-hmm. in your life. You go, you know what? The family and friends I do have now are amazing to have been able to stand by it, and I think. I think your circle becomes a lot smaller and stronger and stronger yes. and tighter and more loving. Yes. Do you find also, like you mentioned, like, like the cycle of like people coming in and out in your friendships. Do you have a lot of like um, friends or new peer, peer people in your life who've experienced similar, who have experienced a loss or a death or any, any like trauma that's, that you, that they can relate with? Not with really. You? Look, to be honest, um, yeah. when Courageous You started, it was, and I went back into business because I'd been working for 20 years and we had had his courage. I didn't want to be in the area of grief because it was too hard. To, it was too hard yeah. with um, everything we'd gone through to give each other the space and the support we needed. Mm. I wasn't able to. Um, <coughs> So, but we already, but also in saying that, we had our network that we lived with in um, Ronald McDonald House. And if you live in Ronald McDonald House, it um, means that you're going through some serious crap with your child. So, we had, we already had that network and we still have that network. I actually, I'm going to say that it's so fitting that you use the word courageous in in both mm-hmm. aspects of your work or what you put out there, including Patty's courage, because it, it goes back to what we what you touched on earlier. It's the courage that is inside of you. And I say the courage to tell your story because that's the courage that it's like a candle that burns both ends but at its yeah. own pace. It burns out slowly on its own and 
and he leaves a glimmer of light as well, that sense of hope. We tell the story so people, now that you, you've met Paddy, you know our son, yeah. he lives on by telling our story. Every time somebody hears the, um, of Paddy's courage and we talk about the awareness yeah. and I'll get onto that, what's really important, um, his life lives on. Yes. When he gave the gift of life, his life lives on. Um, every time we speak or share our story, his life lives on. And that was really important to us that he didn't, that his story wasn't small, that his story was still big and, you know, we believe in our children that they can achieve whatever they want. And it was really important that as our other two grow up and be these amazing um, children and now adults, that Paddy had that that Paddy has that experience in our life too, and um, having Paddy's courage and sharing our story, even yes. as traumatic it is, it stops his death being small. It gives his yep. purpose and it gives other people a reason to still to speak about our son. I think that's what we all want. We want our child yes. to live on. And that's, yeah, it's just where, that's right, but the light, the light, it just keeps going. It's always lit. and Nobody should have to, you know, I always say, um, you know, we said it in Paddy's funeral was a huge birthday party. We had cakes, we had bubbles, we had dancing because we will say to everyone, no six-year-old deserves a funeral. No. But nobody's child deserves a no. funeral. That makes sense. Yes. Um, you know, no, no child deserves a funeral. And um, it had, you know, and the thing, and how you said about the network, this happens daily. Yes. People, as soon as you lose a child, you feel like you're the only one who's lost a child, but you're not. And it becomes, as you said, bigger and more amazing. How many children are lost yep. daily? Daily that people are going through the same pain. But people are going through pain daily. And again, I wish I could be tell you that or you the same that we're the only ones that lose children. We're not. We're just not. And this pain never goes away. And um, to be honest, I don't want it to. Again, I want that part of Patty in me all the, all the time. So, um, you know, I just want him there. And however that is, you know, sometimes it's a smile, sometimes it's a tear. Mm. You know, I just want Patty with me all the time. I'm very, <laughs> not very often I'm actually lost for words, but um, it's such a, I'm going to use the word inspiring, not to not to turn it into something that's not. No, no, no. It's, I know you're not. It's not about offended. It's a fact of like inspiring because of what you just said that it is the unfortunate thing of there's someone loses someone every day. And in this case, we're talking about a child and that person that's passed is someone's child, no matter how, how old you are exactly. or one, your one is. And this is what, for me, that's, I'm taking from what you just said because everyone's someone's child and it, this is your way of expressing. Nicole, can I, I just want to ask you a question and you don't need to answer it or not, you can say pass, but with the organs that were donated from Patty, have you ever met the recipients? We don't know and we don't even know what was because... Um, can I go into the whole organ donation? Do you that okay? Of course, that's what. I, yes. Okay. Um, first of all, organ donation in Australia is opt-in, and you can opt-in in your license, which is great. But in Australia, your family can override your wishes. So, the most important thing about talking about organ donation is speaking to your family, yes. because when it comes to it, they actually have the final say. So if they are traumatised by the thought of organ donation, 
your next of kin or your parents or whomever can actually override your decision. So if it is an important thing to you or you're unaware or you don't know, we don't say we want everybody to give the gift of life. We will give you the positives about it. But what we ask is that you discuss it with your family, you know, make it normal. A, take the fear out of it um, and B, sit around and have a conversation. Hey, what do you think? My children made this decision when they were 11 and 12 because they were fully educated and saw the lives that they can save. You know, only one in five deaths, I think it is, are eligible to be able to do it. So even if you say, yes, it doesn't mean you can. Um, so the other thing is not every organ donation is successful. Okay. Which we saw as well. Sometimes the recipients aren't um, do, but as I said, they've waited for so long that it may not work. Um, there's lots, you know, there's lots of positives that it does work, but there's some that's not. And we decided to give without any expectation. We don't know what we get um, Patty gifted. We don't know the success rate and we don't know who. That We could have found out more information if we wanted to. We chose to give the gift because it was a gift. Yes. Not um, to know. And there's people out there who do need to know and that's yes. all fine, but we, don't, we chose not to. But no, you can never meet the person. It is, um, you know, you just, you just can't. It's against yep. donate life rules. It is. It's it's a pure gift from you. It's a gift, and this is what's important for those to realise as well. To do it with those intentions of gifting, yep. and it's paying life forward. Yep. And I ask every single person out here. And this is what I ask everybody and every TV interview and everything mm. like that that we've ever given, this is the question we will ask. If you or one of your family members could be saved by the gift of life, and we do call it the gift of life, yes. would you accept it or would you ask for it? We would have. So we knew that that was the answer. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to do it. It doesn't, you know, the more we do, and I understand the fear, and the fear in older generations yes. is amazing. Um, but actually, look, I've got to say, the line, like Haley's, I've spoken to a lot of Lions Club, and probably from the age 70 and up, they're fine. From the ages, you know, at school, 18 and down, they're fine. It's, you know, when we actually start, you know, being scared of our mortality and yes. whatnot, when we get fear of talking about organ donation. And, I, yeah, all I say is, please, it's not for everybody. I'm like, that's fine. And I don't ever want, I don't ever actually ask people, are they or yeah. are they an organ donor? It's not my business. And it's certainly not my place to judge. Um, would we have done it without the education? I'm not sure. Yep. and know that I was fearful of it. Um, so, you know, we were educated. We saw the good and the bad of people, of children, and we lived in the Royal Children's Hospital, so we were talking about children dying when they could be saved. So um, it's just a really important conversation to have. Can, can more information be read on the page of... Oh, we can. We can talk about, yeah, and, and Donate Life, www.donatelife.com. Um, yeah, there's lots of stuff. But, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out and speak, mm. uh, a few years ago I actually did three days of our experience and went through the yep. time. Patty was going to pass away no matter what. Organ donation gave us extra time, but it also gave us the psychological support of people to help us through his death. And it also, we had that support for 12 months afterwards as well. We still have Megan's support now. Like, you know, every time my um, two kids have this amazing accolade, you know, they're so excited. And even the doctors at the Marva for many years followed what Haley and Billy and Murray and I did. And the same at the Royal Children's Hospital. Um, just talk about it. Um, if you're fearful, please reach out because, you know, there's myself, my husband and the two kids and we all actually have different experiences and thoughts about it. So, um, you know, Hayley and Billy are very matter-of-fact about it. They'll give you the scientific figures yes. and they, they honestly don't, cannot see the reason 
why anyone wouldn't do it. Uh, Murray and I are like, yeah, we understand it now, but kind of know that the fear is there. It's the education, isn't it? It's being educated in an area and it is the fear factor. The fear, it's the factor of um, being out of control as well. You're not being able to control the situation. Yep. And, um, and it's awareness. Look, it's awareness. It is. Um, we, oh, I don't know how, um, this may be a little bit triggering to people just to let mm -hmm. them know. When a person, the doctors have thought someone passed away, they do do two rounds of tests at two different times mm -hmm. that um, ensure that the person has passed away and that um, there's not a mistake or anything like that. Murray, they give you the choice. Murray and I needed to be there both times yeah. to see that. Um, Hayley and Billy came one time with that as well. They asked if they could come. We were 100% sure that it was the right decision and to go through with what we were um, going through with. And, again, we had the psychological support yep. in Queensland to have that. So the fear that it, the person's life may not be ended, um, I can let, let you know that that's not the case. And um, yep. if you're unsure, at the, you know, there's always support there. You know, there is always psychological support there. Well, that's always been, I've noticed in a passing conversation, people say, oh, what if the person isn't completely mm -hmm. deceased? Or do they just let that person die past because they are organ donors? That's the other question, you know, throughout the years that I've actually come about when we, when we discuss the gift of um, life. Look, Paddy would have passed away a lot yep. sooner, but he between the time of his operation and his mm. called legally, uh, that legally he passed away, there were six hours. So, you know, he was, um, we, you are able to see um, what goes on. You are able to see the testing. It's not horrific, but um, in the time of the trauma. Um, yes. But it, Murray and I and the kids, felt a whole lot better that we saw the tests and understood yeah. them and we knew that Paddy wasn't alive. Like we knew that he, it was time to either turn off everything and let him pass away peacefully, which would have been extremely quick, and um, or, or go through with the um, transplant operation. Because uh, I asked the question, what if, you know, does it? And they're like, you know, I, the, the state he would have been if he wasn't. Yeah. Um, legally called pathway that would have been horrible yep. horrible for him to live in horrible for my children to have to live in to see their brother in that state yep. you know but they that's i can assure you they do two tests there's probably more than that like there's mris and all, they do two physical lots of tests that you are able to be a part of if you want to I, i'm not even going to I'm not even going to even pretend or picture what you went through because it's incomprehensible for anyone love. unless um, gone love. through it. Um, to be honest, if never want a child, but we no. had our family with us, we had our kids with us, we got to say goodbye to him. We yeah. um. We got to hold his hand. We got to say, our family got to say goodbye. Um, it was, he wasn't ripped from us. He wasn't ripped from us to go into this surgery. Um, we were given a lot of time and um, space and our, we were very respected and it was love, you know. It was love. We were able to bath him, um, you know, before he had his operation. We were able to put him in his favourite pyjamas. He had his teddy bear. There's lots of time and patience to actually have love and be respectful and a safe space for Murray and I and the two kids. I have so much love for you all. Thank you. We're, I'm um, I'm you we're lucky. The four of yeah. us are extremely lucky. Yeah, we are lucky people. Um, my children take the time, have taken the time to honour Murray and I, and we're all really good friends. Uh, for COVID, the four of us have stayed together and 
um, we are actually best friends, you know. Um, people look at it, you know. I can remember Hayley and Billy are best friends like it's crazy and I can remember their, their friends at school getting jealous because, you know, if they wanted to do something together, they would do something together yeah. and their friends, it didn't matter what their friends were doing. They don't have, you know, that yeah. thing. And during COVID, we get to spend, as four adults now, we get to spend great time together and enjoy each other and we know the cost of life. So we're, you know, and the kids respect us for, you know, what we've been through and we respect them because it was really important to them that their life didn't stop. They were, you know, it just they just had to live their life. They hadn't, they haven't been given the, you know, haven't been given breaks or excuses or anything not to live their life. You know, um, they had eighteen months off school after all of that because we just needed to love them. And Haley, you know, finished up so their school and is doing her degree at university now. And Billy is doing the graphic design degree, and they're great kids. They're all the great adults, you know. Nicole, it's it's just truly like uh, it is extraordinary because, like you said, you wouldn't even read read this yeah. until you know who you are. When someone knows who you are, who something like this happens to. Mm-hmm. But also, Nicole and to Murray and your family, you do have love because you've got my love, especially from the first oh, time. You know. We connected somewhat throughout social media and then that real connection happened, I suppose, when we both heard each other's stories and yeah. how people can become joined because of something that they have in common through an unfortunate way. And so Patty's Courage, I'm going to share that link so then everyone yeah. can actually go to that page. Yeah. That's all right. I'll yeah. put that through and... And also with Nicole, you're just pure love yourself. And I hope so. I um, I really do. I'm not. Trust me, I can be judgmental, and um, I'm very opinionated. Uh, But I do believe in people. I believe in the good of people, and I believe that everybody has that inner strength and it's just it really is you can make the choice so that's a choice it's a choice it is it's a choice you can it's not an easy choice no decisions and choices aren't easy but we have a choice and um if you have the chance to choose love and respect even when things are really hard and shitty yeah please choose love and love the reward does come back and um you know, the way we got through was love and respect for each other. And you know, and a little bit of selfishness at the fore of this only mattered because we needed to love each other and hold each other that little bit tighter. So um, it doesn't matter what you... And as you said, our reality, my reality is big, but um, you may have had a hard day and that's, you know, and you're feeling really run down and overwhelmed. Choose love and respect, even if it's just you're sitting there by yourself. Yeah. Choose love for yourself and respect for yourself because it does make, it does work and it does make it happen. Makes a difference. Nicole, I'd like to thank you for sharing a part of your life with, with myself and others. And would you like to share anything else? Um, no, no, look. Um, yeah, please respect yourself in anything, any trauma that you're going through. Um, yeah, please, please respect yourself uh, and also get help if you need it. Yep. You know, um, there's Lifeline, there's psychologists, there's counsellors and all of that sort of stuff. Um, we certainly had the, you know, we, we didn't medicate and we didn't self-medicate with alcohol or anything like that. But we did use um, counsellors, we did yep. use psychologists. Um, but you've got it in you. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard, but you've got it in you. Choose love for yourself and the people around you that matter. And um, you know, you will come out the other side. Just not, just unfortunately, not easily all the time. Thank you, Nicole. And My thank pleasure. You, thank you to everyone who's watching and listening. So we, so we've just listened to Nicole Hurd's family story. 
and I'm going to share the link for St. Patty's Courage and also I'm going to, if you don't mind, share your your link where you personally help women yep. being the business, biz bestie at Courageous yep. You. And that's certainly a page to look into as well. It's full of inspiration, being a, a woman, oh, yeah. business. Hopefully it's all about supporting women yes. as well because um, and I have been in business over 20 yes. years and, and self-employed and the decision I made when I came out of this is that I do see the inner strength in women and they can achieve whatever they want to and it's more definitely before or while you're creating your business you do need self-love and I know yes. everybody's heard that before but it's also about not being broken because I think yeah. we're always told that we're even through grief, you know, that we're told that we're grieving, we must be broken and all of that. But you know what? We're not broken. We're perfectly who we're meant yeah. to be. Um, I'd, I'd like, love everyone to take imperfect out of their vocabulary because it's been really, you know, it's become a catchphrase. That it's it has. Okay. No, what? You're not imperfect. So I think that's a whole lot of BS. You are perfect. Then you either have opportunities and challenges to grow. But right now, no matter what you're going through, please say to yourself you're perfect because you're not broken and you're not imperfect. You don't need to be fixed. You just have those challenges and opportunities to grow. Thank you, Nicole. My pleasure. Lots of love to you and the family and to everyone who's watching. Um, you've just watched and listened to Hope Talk with Rosa with our guest, Nicole Hurd. Thank you so much and never, ever give up on hope because you are truly worth the love for yourself. Bye now. Bye.